0: This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit tridio.com slash donate. Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Live Like a Hobbit. I'm Father Roderick and I'm walking here outside in a beautiful landscape that does remind me a lot of the uh, area leading up to Rivendell. This is uh, a slightly hilly landscape. I'm following a small track here. It's not really a path, um, but people have walked here before. And on the hill in front of me, I see a few birch trees and um, also some other trees that are slowly turning orange and yellow. I'm recording this in the beginning of the fall season and both on my left and on my right lots of heather and lots of yellow grass small patches of yellow grass also quite a few leaves already on the ground fallen from the trees And of course, autumn and the colors of the fall always remind me of Rivendell, which seems to be in a permanent state of autumn blues, which is not by accident. As you may know, this is a symbolic way to tell us that the era of the elves is coming to an end, at least when we're reading The uh, events in the Lord of the Rings. The elves are preparing to move away, and so nature that is uh, slowly preparing for winter reflects kind of the state of mind of the elves. And I'm now on top of the hill. There are a few benches, wooden benches here, where a hobbit could sit and smoke a pipe. And uh, the sun just broke through the clouds and makes the landscape even more beautiful. And these colors of autumn are just a perfect excuse to go out for a walk, which is what I wanted to talk about with you today. It is this sense of adventure. In our last episode, we... uh, thought about all the various aspects of the life in the Shire. And we try to discover how hobbits could teach us important life lessons when it comes to especially the idea of contentment. How can I be more content with my life instead of always wanting more and never being happy because we feel that there is always something else that we need to first accomplish or acquire buy and have but the downside of the life in the shire as we mentioned is that if you're not careful it can also become almost a mental prison in a sense that you may be content and happy with your life but you refuse to hear the call to adventure the call to stand up And defend this life in the Shire, in all its beauty, because the world, the entire world, is not like the Shire. And there are forces uh, that may be threatening this life. And so sometimes the world needs, and also Middle-earth needs, heroes to go out on an adventure and to help defeat Sauron and other evil threats. Let me see, I can go to the left. Let me follow this small path underneath the trees. I can hear some kids playing in the woods. As I'm recording this, it's a a fall break, so the schools are out and kids have basically a week to do whatever they want. And so, in this case, I think they're throwing sticks at each other. (laughs) But um, the sense of adventure, the call to adventure, that is what I would like to address. And I picked this second theme for uh, this second episode of How to Live Like a Hobbit, because I think that this adventure may be one of the most important metaphors that Tolkien uses in his stories to teach us something about life. In a way, um, the adventure of Bilbo Baggins and later on the adventures of Frodo and his companions are a metaphor of life itself. And if you follow the way in which this adventure unfolds, in, let's start with Bilbo, then you will see that it is very parallel to the adventure of our own life. Just like in Bilbo's life, where he's in the Shire, and he feels protected and safe and comfortable, most of us start their life with a very safe situation. We are small, just like hobbits, sometimes even smaller than hobbits when we're young, but we're surrounded by people who protect us, that help us, and life for children is often safe because it's predictable because it is other people the grown-ups the parents that take the big decisions and we don't have to care about that we only ha- need to you know clean up our rooms from time to time or make sure we eat our vegetables and that is kind of the extent of our of our problems And turn to the right here and up this hill. Because otherwise I'll be walking along this family and I'm not sure that these kids understand what I'm doing right now, talking into a microphone. <laughs> but anyway, um, life, when it starts, is often very predictable and... It, it, it kind of unfolds according to simple rules. You have to go to school, have to, you know, do your homework, eat your vegetables, and go to bed in time. And this is a, a, a time uh, that we should not underestimate. It's very important to give us almost this baseline of safety and. Of course, we know that children who haven't had a safe childhood, who have been in difficult situations, have been, for whatever reason, been mistreated or in dangerous times, they often will get a lot of problems later on coping with with life because we need this safety, we need this predictability To find ourselves, to have the time to mature and to grow, we can't skip that process. And for Bilbo, it's very much the same. This safety, this idyllic, almost utopian life in the Shire, gives him and us, as readers, our baseline. This is the world in its most comfortable form. And in a way, it's something that we are always longing for when it's not there. We may not realize how comfortable and safe our life is when we're in that situation, but the moment that we are in danger, that times are changing, that uh, everything is um, turned upside down, then in those situations we value how much that safe, predictable life meant to us and how, how much we hope that it may return over time. And so... In Bilbo's story, that's where everything begins. It's this very comfortable life where he is super content, but at the same time, it won't stay like that. Otherwise, you don't have a story, because stories are about adventures, and adventures are anything but what is predictable. And so, literally, Adventure knocks on his door. Gandalf, who stops by and is looking for someone to go on an adventure. And by introducing Gandalf as perhaps the, not just storyteller, but also adventure arranger, he is someone who brings adventure with him, Tolkien introduces this this element of surprise, of a new turn in life, which is something that we all, at one point or another, will, will face. Because despite the fact that at times our life may be very safe and predictable and regular, there are going to be moments where others are not going to take the big decisions, but we will have to take the big decisions. And even if we try to postpone or delay those big decisions, be it you know leaving your parents, looking for a job, changing career, um, proposing to someone... Um, all those big, big decisions in life, we may try to delay them, and especially in our times, I think that is one of the problems that especially the younger generations face, is this, you know, kind of reluctance to commit, to, to make the big decisions, and, and staying, in a, in a way, in limbo for too long. But at one point, we will have to choose Do I stay where I am right now or am I called to do something more? Am I called for something bigger? Am I meant to do something special in my life? And sometimes that may require a leap of faith. This is not something that just gradually evolves from our current state. It sometimes takes a radical decision to go left or to go right, or to go straight on, to go uphill or downhill. But the only thing that we can do is stay where we are. And I think there is even a deeper layer to this whole theme of adventure in Tolkien's stories. And that is our ultimate calling. It's the sense that even though we are very well suited to... um, to peace, to security, to a comfortable life where everything is smooth and friendly, there is only one way to attain that and that is not in this world. It's ultimately this final, you know, destination that we have on our journey to live with God forever in a world where there is no evil anymore. There is no suffering anymore. And that world is not our world. We live, in a way, in a middle earth. This is not the paradise of the beginning. This is not yet the heavens. This is not eternal life. But we're in the middle. So, even the name middle earth has that connotation of this is a transitional world. And in this world... Things move, things change, and we move and we change. We cannot stay put in this world because we are called for something bigger. We are um, invited to go on this adventure of a lifetime, literally, and to aspire to something that lies beyond the borders of our current existence. This is what Christians believe in when they say that we have a vocation in life, and a vocation is always a voice that calls you from where you are not, and calls you to a different place. And this theme of vocation is part of almost every Bible story as well. It is something that is witnessed in, in the entire history of mankind and that is this, this notion that peace and security and comfort are nice and can be enjoyed, but in this world they are transitory. They can also fade away because this is not our final destination. And those positive values are being threatened by people and by attitudes that are only looking for power, for security, that are trying to hold on to things instead of letting go, which is the first thing you need to do when you are called on an adventure. It's this invitation to let go of where you are, to let go of your securities, to let go of the Shire and Hobbiton and Bag End and your cup of tea (laughs) and to follow wherever this, you know... This other voice is calling you, and Gandalf, in in a way, is a representative of this voice of another life, another another destiny and um, it 's not by accident. this is not just Gandalf who is on an adventure and just needs some help. now Gandalf is the orchestrator he is even mentioned by Tolkien. As the causer of adventures. That is why hobbits are always ambivalent to him. They love him because of his fireworks. And he's he's a great storyteller. And when he sits down with them at night. Around a campfire. Or during a, a feast in the village. He will tell them amazing stories and their eyes will light up, but then again there's always the safety that this is just the adventures of Gandalf. These are not our adventures and when Gandalf is gone again and he's fired his last fireworks we can return back to our day-to-day life where everything is predictable and everything is comfortable but Gandalf wants Bilbo to go on an adventure and he forces even to him to go on an adventure by putting that sign on his front door. And he knows very well that that rune that he inscribes magically on Bilbo's door is basically this irrefutable call to adventure that will bring in a whole new dimension uh, to, uh, to Bilbo's life in the form of these dwarves that arrive on his doorstep. And so the big question, I think, that Tolkien asks us in his stories is, do you stay put or do you believe that someone is calling you to a greater adventure than what you are experiencing in your day-to-day life? Now, of course, that is perhaps a, a lot of, you know, big thoughts for such a simple story, almost a fairy tale But I really believe that, especially over time, Tolkien uh, has started to realize that the story that he was telling was even bigger than his own imagination, that this was more uh, than about fictional beings and made-up languages. But this is a story that is ultimately reflecting the story of mankind and has to do with the adventure that we're all called to. Go on. And so, you might be like Bilbo right now. Um, Happy with your life and, you know, things are more or less okay. Of course, there's always more to desire. There's always something to wish for. But on the whole, you know, it's not bad. And every week resembles the previous week. And you know, when looking at your calendar, what's up next week. And... You tell yourself that you really don't have time to go on big adventures. You don't have the time. You don't have the resources. You have so many other obligations. So that may be for another time. It could also be that just like Bilbo, you start to sense that you are actually on the verge of something new. That you are challenged to go on an adventure but everything inside of you is resisting the call. Just like Bilbo tries to shoo away Gandalf, like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with adventures, and uh, move on, and I'm going home. And it's the fear, of course, of what this adventure may change in his life that makes him refuse his call. That might be also our situation, where we know that we have to take a big leap, that we have to set the next big step in our lives, but we are afraid of the consequences. So let's follow Bilbo on this path, on this adventure, an adventure of a lifetime, and let's see what we can learn from him to make our own lives more adventurous. The first tip, because I, I want to make this as specific as possible, The first tip is start small. Bilbo is a Baggins at first. And just like most other other hobbits, he doesn't like adventures, because they risk disturbing this idyllic life in the Shire. They introduce risk, perhaps even danger. Hobbits love their habits, their customs. But even in Bilbo's predictable life, there are already some traces of a more adventurous side. We learn that Bilbo is fond of walks, and in his hallway there is a large map of what he calls the country round on the wall, and he has marked all his favorite walks in the area around the Shire with red ink. So I think that's a sign that Bilbo at least is open to a very, very mild form of adventure walks on the countryside. But there is immediately also this predictability, because the red lines on the map indicates indicate that he's always walking the same walks, predictable and safe, always returning to the point of departure. But I think these walks help him to, to at least open himself to this idea of a bigger adventure something that goes beyond his regular walks because it gives him the sense that well it's maybe just a bigger walk and you know I've done this before I can do a a bigger walk he doesn't even think about dragons or orcs or dangerous creatures or huge challenges he just thinks of this as a walk that may bring him beyond you know, his regular red-traced tracks, and that's it. But it's a small step. It's a beginning. And that's vital to the story. Um, So my advice for you to start making your life more adventurous is don't immediately think of climbing huge mountains or discover dangerous caves or go hunting for dragons but think small. What is feasible in your life as it is, in your own environment? And that is, you know, walking. Start with walks. Do like Bilbo. Get a map. Search online for walks in your neighborhood and discover the area. You might, you may even, you know, take your bike or your car like I did and, and, and drive a little bit until you are I don't know in a natural reserve and or you arrive at some some woods and and leave everything behind and just explore these walks and don't be afraid to go off the beaten track. don't be afraid to try something new and to create your own tracks and that is a, a huge adventure of advantage adventure is on my mind right now it's a huge advantage of modern day apps because they enable you to trace your, your walks, even if you are coming up with a walk yourself, and to store these for later use, or to share them with others. What walking does, and I speak from experience because I'm a recent convert to the joy of walking in nature, is it helps you to get used to leaving your current situation behind, to literally step away from behind your desk, from from whatever is keeping you where you are and even if it's only for an hour or for two hours that already has the benefit of letting you experience during the week or in the weekend that you can step away and nothing really will change that dramatically it, it will help you to consider the things that we're always so busy with that occupy our minds that it's all relative that you can go out for a walk and leave your social media and your inbox uh, alone for a couple of hours and when you come back the world is still revolving you're still alive (laughs) and there is actually more margin for adventure than you often think there is so so Go out for a walk. It also has spiritual effects. Think of the stories of pilgrims that walk, these long pilgrimages. Think of the Camino. I don't know if you've seen The Way, for instance, uh, this movie about a father who walks to Santiago de Compostela in Spain in the footsteps of his son who wanted to do this, but who uh, died in an accident at the beginning of this journey. This whole movie and all the other stories of people that have walked the Camino are always stories of transformation. Just simple walking, even if you start very small and you do, you know, just 15, 20 kilometers per day, is changing people radically. And the same will be true for you. Just try it out. Um... Now I'm still walking in the woods here, and I am not paying attention to where I walk. I am following a small track here, and um, there are uh, young pine trees on my left. And these are, I think, just um, seedlings from the the other, from from the bigger trees. Um, and there are also lots of red berries on the bushes here. I don't think. They're edible. I'm not going to take a risk. I just had uh, luncheon. It's not time for afternoon tea yet. So I'm good for now. No need to, to eat and to, or to pick berries. Um, the thing is... Adventures... Big adventures start small. The other thing that you can do to make your life right here and now more adventurous is to check out other people's adventures. To listen to the stories of people that may be a bit more adventurous than you are at present. Even if you aren't that adventurous by nature, we, every once in a while, meet people that are adventurous and have great stories to tell. Friends that have gone on big trips or did something radical with their lives, turned things around... Listen to their stories, just like Bilbo loved to listen to Gandalf's stories about faraway countries, about mountains and forests, where all sorts of adventures took place. And even the song by the dwarves remember that? The uh, far away over the misty mountains that Bilbo overhears when the dwarves are gathered around the fireplace. That song. Even for a moment lets Bilbo escape his own predictable life. And for a moment he imagines the world outside the Shire. And even if you don't have, you know, (laughs) dwarves as your acquaintances, even if... um Let me turn the volume of this thing a little bit lower, because... I noticed that I'm so excited that I start to overmodulate modulate here uh, voice-wise. Even if you don't have immediate friends that have adventure stories to tell, the, big, the, the equivalent of Gandalf stories could be books. You know, f- fiction, uh, s- travel stories. There are so many great books out there that allow you to go on an adventure even without leaving the couch. The same can be said for vlogs of travel, traveling vloggers, or series like you've got the Survival series, or lots of great, great exploration and um, adventurous television series. Uh, those can also show you parts of the world that you may not travel to immediately yourself, but you will at least be able to experience these adventures and learn from them through the eyes of, um, of the people that tell these stories. Um, it broadens your horizon and it may also give you ideas for your, for your own adventures. Um, you will see places where you may want to go yourself. But it starts with getting the taste of these adventures. So make sure to integrate those stories into your media consumption. Take time to watch those travel series or read a good book about it with a great adventure. I mean, just reread Tolkien from time to time. Then, the third tip is for a more adventurous life listen to your Took side. You know that Bilbo is related to a much more adventurous type of hobbit family than the Baggins, and that is the Took. Uh, they were bigger, taller than hobbits usually were, and they did crazy things. There were even Tooks that are rumored to have ridden horses instead of ponies. <laughs> but Bilbo knows this, of course, but it's, it's part of his heritage that he tries to push away. Um, he has big trouble embracing this part of his heritage, because it means change and risk and responsibility. And initially, it's not even a deliberate decision to give, to give in to his Took side when When Bilbo follows the dwarves, the adventure just kind of happens to him. And afterwards, thinking back of that moment that he took off with the dwarves, he he tells himself, "You know, I don't. I still don't understand why I did that." So it's not that at one point in his life he said, "You know what? I'm not no longer a baggins. I'm I'm now going to be more of a Took kind of Hobbit." And uh, you know, adventure just happens to him, but what it does is the adventure does amplify this Tookish side this adventurous side it gives him more courage over time and that is something that we can all relate to even if we're more of an introverted personality we're prudent careful, perhaps a bit fearful these small steps these these smaller adventures can lead to something bigger can help us Gather our courage gain in trust that it will all be okay um and and so that is that's part of the growth that an adventure gives you the took side in you may be stronger than you realize but it may take an adventure to bring it to the foreground um we often react like Bilbo in our lives um and I, I, I think this is true. We, we dream of adventures. Um, even if we love the stories of Tolkien, when we're faced with it, when it's literally knocking on our doors, we often say no. Think of the many times that you've said, yeah, I'd love to do that, but some other time, you know, next year when work is not so busy, uh, when I'm retired, <laughs> and many years later you look back And you think of the dreams you had when you were so much younger and had so much more energy and nothing happened and you didn't do what you dreamt about and it's no longer possible. That can happen to you. So why why not welcome the adventure when it presents itself, when the opportunity presents itself? Let it be more than just a fleeting thought or a dream. Make it happen. Let that took in you take the reins instead of listening only to your bag inside, which has so many valid arguments because that's the problem. There are always reasons to stay at home, to stay put, to not change, to not risk anything. There are oftentimes way more reasons to refuse the adventure than to embark upon it. And yet the result of the bet that you take when you go on an adventure, the profit... The return on investment can be massive and so much bigger than anything you can accomplish when you just stay at home safely and rationally. Another tip. Be ready to walk away from your stuff. The biggest temptation that Bilbo has after the dwarves have left him in the, early in the morning and when he you know enters his the the hallway of uh, of bag end and he sees that there's no trace of the dwarves and they've left without him the big temptation that bilbo faces at that moment is to return to his old life to completely ignore the call to adventure after all there's there's so much that he has to walk away from he has his comfort a warm bed a pantry full of food, afternoon tea, his books, his, his, his maps on the wall, his comfortable hobbit hole, his prestige in, in, in the town, the festivities that are organized in the Shire. There is so much that he needs to walk away from. And is he ready to do that? And in the same way, we are often so glued to our comfortable life, to what we know, but more importantly, to what we possess. Our habits, the things that we cling on to because we think that we can't live without them. And even if we sometimes dream of traveling and exploring new horizons, we are not ready to walk away from our current life. And I think the biggest problem that we have is not that we don't hope for adventures or dream about adventures. The biggest problem is that we don't plan for them. Dreams don't automatically come true. You need to make them happen. You need to put a deadline on them, and then they become a plan. You know, a dream is a plan without a deadline. And so, just like Gandalf, is not just waiting for adventure to take place, he's not w- just waiting for Bilbo to take part in that adventure he makes it happen he literally (laughs) sets the first step or, or pushes Bilbo out of the door and makes it irresistible, Gandalf arranges adventures and so do we have to do if Gandalf hadn't put things in motion nothing would have happened Bilbo would have never left the Shire and it's the same for us If we want to go on an adventure, listen to the took in you and set things in motion. Put a date on it and go over everything that is holding your back. That could be a very practical um, exercise. If you dream of something, think of something that you've always wanted to do. Just take a moment here. There is definitely something on your mind right now. I wish I could do this or that. I've always wanted to go here or there. That is a call to adventure. And while you are thinking about what that could be, let me go through this fence here that will lead me to a more swampy area. This, of course, is to keep the wildlife from escaping. And here... It's very muddy on my left, and there's some water. Oops. I'm almost... (laughs) I'm glad I have water-resistant boots on. This is also very much like a Middle Earth type of landscape. This here, the path is getting a bit more solid again. So, okay... You have this thing that you always w- wished you, you, you could do and ha- have aspired to. Now, if you want this adventure to happen, now think about everything that is obstructing it. Take some time to think about what is blocking you, what is holding you back. And these could be very simple, practical things. But you need to be re- you need to be aware of why you never go beyond this vague idea of oh, that yeah I'd love to do that. Um, I don't have time. That's probably one of the most used excuses in our in our days. I don't have time. We are so busy. But why don't we have time? Isn't you know, we have plenty of time, we have 24 hours a day. But we choose to invest that time in a certain way. I think we've had some ponies or horses walking here because they've left some smelly <laughs> traces of their of their uh, um, presence here. It's a good thing this is audio only. <laughs> Wow, look at this landscape. This is beautiful. I am, again, overlooking a more open spot in the in the forest. And, uh, again, hills and big trees. Oh, there's some beautiful golden trees. And over there on my right is this dark red tree. It's now covered in these small red leaves. Beautiful. Um, and then there are some some uh, branches on the, on the ground, like white. They must have been birch trees, perhaps. And they're rotting away here in between the patches of grass and, and uh, heather. Nice colors. Um, I don't have time. But I think the, the problem with that argument is I don't spend the time on things that I dream of. I don't want to reserve time for adventures, because I, think, I feel that every hour and every minute of my time has to be productive, has to be useful, has to be accounted for. I'm responsible. <laughs> I need to make a living. I need to take care of my family. That is all true. But does that mean that there is no margin possible? That you can't free up some time, work a little harder during part of the year, and then open up some time for things that are ultimately much more gratifying and, and just as necessary for your life as is work and responsibilities. Um, so I have no time. I think it's a, it's 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 not. It's, it's an easy. It's isn't. It's an objection that's easy to overcome. Uh, The second objection, I don't have the resources, I I can't, that's so far away, that's, well, what about saving, what about creating a budget, which is something that is always useful, instead of just living from paycheck to paycheck, why not sit down, um, preferably also with the other people that are responsible for the household, sit down and make a budget, look at how much you need to pay to all the fixed things that you need paying, and then see if you can set aside a little bit of money. You, do, you don't have to cough up the resources right away. You can take your time to prepare for this, especially if it's a big adventure. Why not take a few months or even years to save up for that? What's wrong with that? It's worth it if it's so important to you, if you dream about it. Um, another objection could be: well, I don't know really where to go. I don't know how to choose. Well, just pick an adventure, pick a destination. You can't do anything. You can't do everything in life, but you could do, at least do one thing. You know, not the. And I, I've struggled with this uh, quite a bit, where I would um, free up a week in my schedule, thinking, yeah, I could perhaps go to Spain, or I could take the plane and go to Rome, and and then. Ultimately, I, I forget to take a decision on the destination. And then I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know where to go. And then ultimately I stay at home. And I kind of comfort myself by, by, by telling me, well, it's just a staycation. I, I still need to clean up some stuff. And but that's not the same as an adventure. That's not the same as traveling. So just pick one destination. Choose an adventure and follow through. Another one is, it's too big. You know, this adventure's too big. Well, of course it's big, because it's a dream. <laughs> if it was simple and straightforward, if your, your biggest dream is to take a walk in the neighborhood, then you, could, you can do that any time. But adventures are always bigger than what you think you can do and realize. But learn from Bilbo. An adventure does not require you to walk to Mordor in one day it is done in small steps every single day and the same is true with adventures break it down in smaller steps See what. as long as you have the goal and you have a deadline then you can uh, work backwards and say well okay if that's where I need to leave my home pack my bags and be gone what are all the previous steps that I need to realize and how much time do I need to make that happen break it down Um, the, again, Bilbo, he could have shaken off the entire story after the dwarves have left him in the morning as as just a bad dream. But instead he decides to run after them. And that first run, that first step, even if it's just uh, across part of the shire and he's climbing over some fences to catch up with the ponies uh, of the dwarves, and, 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 and with Gandalf, that is the biggest step of the entire adventure. Had he not taken those first steps, then the rest wouldn't have followed. Another tip. I've kind of lost count. Um, <laughs> adventure does not mean irresponsibility. We sometimes confuse adventure with recklessness. Bilbo could follow the dwarves... Because he was single. You know, he was an orphan. Just like Tolkien, by the way, whose parents died. Um, and just like Frodo, same thing, he was an orphan. Of course, he's, he had his uncle. But even before Bilbo took care of Frodo, um, Bilbo lived alone. So he didn't have a responsibility for his parents, to visit them, to help them, or for a family that he needs to take care of. So in a way... He um, he could he could just go on this adventure without too many con- other consequences for others. However, it doesn't mean that Bilbo turned into a reckless, uncaring, irresponsible hobbit. Quite the contrary. You know, he may have forgotten his handkerchief, but he does bring all his good qualities with him. And so, similarly, we have to be careful not to see adventures as an escape from our responsibilities. Dreams are a form of escapism. But an adventure, not necessarily. As a parent, for instance, you can't just walk away from your family or quit your job, taking huge financial risks just to go on a a crazy journey. Um, But you can bring them along. (laughs) You can introduce adventure in their lives as well. You can do that together. If you go on an adventure, you want to take the most important things with you And the most important things in your life are not things, but they're people, so why don't you take them with you on that adventure? Involve them in this adventure. Uh, Just like Frodo, by the way, he brings Sam along. He doesn't go alone, and Sam feels responsible for the safety of his master. In very much the same way you can challenge your family to go with you on an adventure or be open to the adventures that they would like to undertake and go with them and still take care of each other and to and protecting each other's well-being you know and you can do this in a very simple way just as you are learn can learn to get a taste for adventure and 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 be more creative in making your life more adventure so you can do that you can do the same with your family Introduce adventure in their lives. Do unexpected things. Prepare surprises. Go exploring things. Undertake you know go climbing mountains and visit castles. And instead of going to the beach with the family, try to plan together something that is really making everyone excited to discover more. Um, it's it's the simple things that make days different from other days that can turn even day-to-day life into an adventure. So it's something you do together. And that is what makes life more magical. This is a very important tip. The next one. Travel light. Wow! Look at this. I'm face-to-face with a couple of horses. There's a big brown horse. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey. How are you? He's sniffing my microphone. Hello. What a beautiful horse. Yeah, that's a microphone. No, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. I don't have anything to eat. Now he's sniffing my toes. Oh, you're a good boy. Or girl, I don't know. Didn't check. All right. Wow, this is so cool. These are wild horses, I think. There's another brown one who's coming along now. There's a black one. Yeah, they're they're really nice. All right. Wow. The only thing missing are a bunch of dwarfs. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is adventure right here. I've never, I I, I never stood face to face with a bunch of horses here. <laughs> in the middle of nature. Wonderful. Okay. Um, So travel light and learn to improvise. Uh, uh, The handkerchief that Bilbo forgets, I think, is the symbol of his old life that is beckoning him back. Remember, Bilbo was ready to go back home to get his handkerchief. And I'm sure that if he had done that, if they had led him, he would have come back with suitcases and bags full of stuff that are all ways to insure him to bring his old life into the adventure. But the essence of adventure is that you leave your old life behind. And so it is important for Bilbo to improvise, literally, by catching that piece of cloth that one of the dwarves that, at least it was in the movie, I don't remember if it was in the book or not, but I thought it was a genius scene, where he has to just use an old piece of cloth as a handkerchief. And you know what? He lives. <laughs> and so do we, if we don't take everything with us. Um, it's all about um, the the art of leaving behind what is not essential to your happiness. And one of the things that traveling or camping or hiking can teach you and can make you realize is that you don't need... Anything is a big word, but you don't need much to be happy. Especially not all the stuff that we worry about, that we spend all our money on, and we perhaps even go into debt to, to acquire... A lot of that stuff is completely irrelevant to our happiness. And there's even a darker side to this. Once you possess it, it's no longer adding to your happiness. But you need to quench that unquenchable thirst for more by buying the next thing and wanting the next things. It's this unending cycle that will leave you stuck in this life, in a way. Uh, there's a, I think a lot of biblical wisdom in this idea of of don 't go for the treasures of this world, but invest in the heavenly goods, you know the imperishable goods, the things that don 't rot or don 't get outdated and don 't get obsolete, and those are always invisible values they 're love and friendship and self sacrifice, and that is what makes you happy, happy, giving and sharing, and and giving your life for a good cause. that That is the ultimate source of happiness, not the stuff, not the things, not the gadgets, not the possessions. This whole current trend of minimalism, and if you listen to my other shows, you know that I am on this journey towards a simpler life with less stuff, um, I think translates or shows us this this growing desire of our society to be liberated from the chains of, of material possessions. And I find it so funny that in a world that is often seen as super hyper-individualistic and very material, materialistic, there is this trend of minimalism. And th- this is, I think, because as human beings created at the image and likeness of God... We have this open wound in our heart, in a sense, that that can only be cured by God Himself. We have this unquenchable thirst for something that goes beyond what we can have and possess and make and buy. And the, the reason, the ultimate reason for traveling light is that that will help you discover that. And so when I go on vacation, um, I have one bag. I never check in my luggage. Uh, and I see people that are might not be as experienced as I am in terms of traveling, because I have to travel a lot for my media work, and they just lug around so many suitcases. And, and you wonder what's in there, you know? <laughs> Did you leave anything at home? And I just take clothes for a couple of days. And then I'll just wash the clothes. And yeah, that takes a little bit of time, but it doesn't mean that I can travel super light. I don't take a lot of equipment, usually just an e-book reader and uh, my phone and perhaps for work a camera, but I try to really, really uh, save on almost everything that weighs too much. Even at times I will not even take a toothbrush or anything because I, I can buy that when I'm on my location. And it doesn't cost much, and so traveling light. It, it, at first, it was very scary, and it took me a few years actually to master this art of traveling light, because I would always think, well, but what if? You may, I may, I am going to take this with me just in case, and that just in case phrase is the opposite of an adventurous spirit, because a, a real adventurer will say. Well, you know what? I can leave this at home because I'll figure something out. And you always do. You always do. So, be adventurous. Don't think in terms of, well, what if? Think about the worst case scenario, but think about, I'll figure it out. People have gone here before me, and Frodo and Bilbo had to face much worse than I will face. So, you know, what am I worried about? Travel light. Leave the shire behind would be my next tip. What do I mean by that? Um, It's basically a follow-up to the previous point, and that is we can travel the world and still take our old life with us. You can't be on vacation and still... Let me get rid of this spider here. spider that has landed on my hand. And... (laughs) Just like Tolkien, I don't like spiders. (laughs) By the way, did you know that Tolkien once got bitten by a spider? Tolkien was born in South Africa. And I think it was there that he was uh, one day bitten by a pretty big, nasty spider. Um, And he probably remembered that for the rest of his life. And that is why um, in, in the stories of Bilbo and Frodo, there are these big spiders. Let me see, I'm at a junction here. I can go to the left. I can go straight on. There's a small farm in the distance. I might do that, actually. I'm really walking here on intuition. Um, But you can be on vacation and still continue to check your email, your social media accounts, the local news. The thing is, if you do that, you haven't truly left home. So my advice would be, Put an autoresponder on your phone, an email. Stop doing whatever keeps you home mentally. But I would also add, feel free to continue what helps you experience your adventure in a better way. For instance, I love to have internet when, when I'm traveling. Some people will go completely off the grid for weeks. I don't like that. I like to be connected so I can share my photos and stories with the people at home. And by taking pictures, for instance... Uh, it's similar to what I do right now when I, when just in a while back we were I, uh, with those horses. That's something that makes me experience that moment even more knowing that, you know, you've been standing here among these horses virtually as well. And so it enhances my adventure instead of inhibiting it. So uh, the same is true for, you know, s- certain apps that I use all the time to discover new tracks and walks. And when I was uh, on vacation in-, in Scotland a while ago, uh, thanks to digital technology, I was able to find so many cool places that I would have never discovered had I not had these, these apps. So, you know, it's-, it's-, it's probably the same reason why even Gandalf uses maps to find his way. Um, They can help us on our adventure. But whatever, you know, makes you mentally at home, even while your body is traveling, that is something you need to leave home in the Shire. So leave the Shire behind. We're almost at the end of uh, of our exploration into the idea of adventure in Tolkien's Middle Earth. I have a few more tips. Explore adventurous places. This is almost a no-brainer. You don't have to travel far to find exciting places and, and, and to explore. Uh, always look for ways to add an element of discovery to your travels. You know, read up on the history of, of, your, of the area that you're visiting. Uh, visit the castles, climb the towers, re- try to reach mountaintops, explore caves, or just visit a museum. <laughs> But explore, learn new things. Don't always take the same track, go to the same destination, no matter how good it is. As a child, we often went to the same camping in the same French town, and we we went there because we knew what we would get. But it's only later when we started to travel as a family to other places, and when I had to choose destinations f- for my own vacations I, I love to g- travel further and further and, and I rarely go back to the same exact place, I might go back to the same country but I would visit another area because exploration makes uh, your life so much richer and uh, don't just sit at the beach, no hobbit would do that <laughs> Um, actually, I'm not sure. Are there any beach hobbits? Some of them might like the life, the easy life at a tropical beach. I don't know. Are there any tropical beaches in Middle-earth? I don't know. Grey havens are not tropical, are they? Anyway. Uh, Another tip. Eat adventurously. This is an interesting one. Remember that scene when um, the Bilbo and the dwarves arrive at Rivendell and then the elves feed them. This was a hilarious uh, scene in the, in the movie. And uh, the elves, of course, are uh, living this very, very uh, responsible vegan life or whatever. Let me see. I, this is a path for horses. And it goes to the left to that farm. And here I can go to the right. Alongside the tracks There are tons of horses here. It's too bad I don't have my own horse. That would make for a, a great podcast if I could just ride a horse. While perhaps I should make that happen. That's actually now that I mention this, I I I said a while ago that if you have a dream, try to make it happen. Well, I have this. This dream in my, in my head for a while now, a couple of years now. I would love to ride a horse, and learn to ride a horse. But truly, not just for a, you know. Uh, accompanied ride with someone who leads the horse but really ride my own horse perhaps I should make that happen and become a little bit more specific about that and put some things in motion otherwise that will never happen alright stay tuned if you continue to listen to my shows and perhaps this might happen <laughs> sooner or later <laughs> but we were on the topic of eating, eating adventurously so the dwarfs hate the food that the elves serve them because it's all you know lettuce and vegetables and they want sausages and bread and beer the stuff that they're used to eating um, in our eating habits we can also in a way be stuck at where we are or even stay at home from a culinary perspective, even when we're on the other side of the planet. I've seen this so often in Rome or in Paris, where hordes of tourists will sit at McDonald's or Burger King and eat McDonald's while they are in Italy or in France. That is... I don't blame them because it's something that you can rely upon, it will taste the same wherever you are in the world. But is that what you want? Is that the adventure? Why not include eating into this adventurous lifestyle? And that might mean that you try out things that may scare you. Like I remember the first time I I ate snails, or that was in Paris, or Versailles actually. And the first time I ate alligator tail, that was in Sydney. And first time I ate a donkey that was in China. And even things that I could not identify, nor do I ever want to think back of that. But what's the worst that can happen? Most of the times when I try to eat something that I had not eaten before, and I always try to do this, even in restaurants in my local town, try out something new, it will help me... It it makes it memorable. Even, I remember one time when we came back from vacation um, with a couple of friends. I was in France. I forgot where it was. And their local dish um, was uh, tripe. I think that's it. So that's intestines. (laughs) And, um, you know, we asked the waiter, um, you know, what's the most typical dish of the area? And he recommended that. And I remember when it arrived at the table... It smelled like horse manure. (laughs) And the worst thing was, it tasted like manure as well. But, you know, so I didn't finish the the thing. But I still remember it. Had I gone to McDonald's, I would have totally forgotten about it. But now I have a story to tell. (laughs) So that's also part of an adventure, right? Go off the beaten track culinary. You'll have stories to tell or things to, you know, that's how I, I became addicted to uh, Vegemite in Australia. I tried it out. And the first time I put Vegemite on toast, I thought I was going to vomit. It was so nasty and salty and weird. But then I came back home and I, I started to long back for that taste. And now I I won't have breakfast without it, and I have to import it from Australia. Well, we have a an, like a store for expats in in a town nearby where I can buy that stuff. But I don't want to miss Vegemite in my in my uh, k- kitchen anymore. So anyway, had I not tried it out and and gone through that experience, I, I would have never had that acquired taste because that's what it is. Another tip. I'm almost there. I promise. Um... Meet the locals. Bilbo, at first when we meet him in Bag End, he is a pretty generous hobbit. He likes to invite people. He doesn't mind visitors as long as he knows them before. That's why he's so perturbed by the dwarves, because he doesn't know anything about these creatures. Um, And so he is open to other people, But at the same time, it's very close. It's it's very much restricted to the people that he knows and feels comfortable with. Um, Traveling has a huge impact on Bilbo. And so he gets to meet so many different people and dwarves and elves and other creatures. And he befriends many of them. Others become his enemies. But he has to relate because of the necessities of the situation to so many new people. And it, it, every person teaches him something. And that can be true for us as well. I'm more of an introverted person. So I don't easily just walk up to someone to start a conversation. You have other people that just... You know, they can talk to anyone, any place. I usually am much more reluctant to do that. But traveling helps me a lot. Especially if I have a very specific question or need so if i visit a place and i i'll just ask around you know what what do you think i should visit and or i walk up to a police officer and i ask for some tips on how to navigate traffic or or i ask well, the hotel manager do you know some good restaurants and you know, people love to talk about their own you know habitat they they love to share with you what they love about the place where they live and so that helps you connect and learn and meet new people. Also, common experiences, strong experiences that sometimes happen when you're on an adventure can also help you, can also lower the threshold to meet new people. I remember uh, my recent flight to Rome. I was sitting next to two Italian ladies, and they had seen that I was a priest, but they didn't you know go beyond uh, just a good evening but then we got very heavy turbulence it was pretty bad and that lady next to me was so scared and then once it was over the only thing she wanted to do (laughs) is to share how much how 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 scared she was and so we had a very good conversation and it was this common experience there was laughter afterwards relief and I think that's the case with many many situations where we are together with other people in a certain situation even if we don't don't know them that well going through those intense moments will bind us together will create bonds and friendship that alone makes it interesting for instance to travel in the company of others there are some organized travels that do that or you have these excursions where you can go with a group and you will be surprised how quickly you get to know other people when you are Having when you are on the same adventure. So meet the locals, make friends. And then my final tip, learn from your adventures. It is by expanding our horizon and our limits that we learn the most. And the challenges that come with traveling can teach us more than what our daily routines can ever teach us. So here would be my tip. Do like Bilbo. Do what Frodo does at the end of The Lord of the Rings. Sit down and write down your stories. Write down the lessons learned and reflect upon the things that you have discovered that you didn't know before. That way, that, that will have actually a, a, a couple of effects or a couple of benefits. First of all, you'll remember it well, you will have a, a, a diary or a I don't know, a couple of notes, uh, some photos with some, some, some loose uh, notes, perhaps or stories. Um, it will help you go back to that time, to that adventure and relive it. So you'll have twice the fun if you write it down. Um, it also makes it shareable. So you are not the only person who can learn from this adventure, but other people could learn from your adventure as well. So share it. It will also help you see how much you have grown over time. If you write down these lessons learned and you go over them after a while, you will see how many things have now become ingredients of your life, lessons that you've integrated in your life, and you will see how much these previous adventures have brought you. And that will give you courage and appetite to go on more adventures to learn even more. Now, finally, when Bilbo starts his adventure, he hardly realizes what it's going to entail. He just thinks about it's uh, an exciting trip and I'm going to see places and visit places and see new things, but he doesn't think at all about dragons or orcs or uh, venomous spiders, how many riddles and challenges and dangers he will have to face how to deal with that aspect of of traveling, of an adventure, how to deal with obstacles, surprises, and even dangers in our life. That is what we will talk about in the next episode. And we will see what hobbits can teach us in that respect. And that, my dear friends, brings me to the end of our journey. I'm almost back where I started I thank you so much for accompanying me on this small adventure. I hope you enjoy this. I, I've gotten some very nice feedback on the first episode of How to Live Like a Hobbit. And I welcome uh, your comments for this episode as well. If you have additional tips or thoughts about hobbits and adventure, perhaps some personal experiences, feel, feel, feel free to share them with me uh, via social media or on the website, which, by the way, is tridio.com. That's T-R-I-D-E-O dot com. T-R-I-D-E-O dot com. It's like video, but then Tridio. And that's where you will find previous and future episodes as well. That wraps it up. Have a great day and make your life an adventure.